Hi there everybody, this is Shay Cormack, your Friday night DM and I'm starting another session with what I often think is a great way of describing how a hex crawl actually functions by talking my way through the fundamentals of what a session looks like um, running a hex crawl. So just to rewind a little bit, before a session starts I have a Facebook group and all my players have liked that group so they can see events when I post them. And I post an event early in the week for the game that we're going to be playing on Friday night. This achieves a couple of things. It means people can click going, interested, whatever. That means I can have a rough idea of who's going to turn up and uh, how much chips I need and how many chairs I need, all of that kind of thing. But also in the event I can specify um, what the mission for the night is. Now often at the end of the previous session we've had a discussion, me and the players, about what they think they would like to achieve the following week. Maybe they met a, um, a princess or a prince uh, whose kingdom was beset by a necromancer and they have decided as a group they really like this prince and they're going to go and find this necromancer and beat him up. That's their intention for the next session. Now they may not necessarily do that, but that's their intention. And uh, that gives their, having their intention gives me the opportunity to maybe do a little bit of more preparation on this necromancer and his lair and his monsters. If they don't already have some kind of intention for what the session's going to um, be about, I will use the, um, the event to start a conversation with them so they might start discussing with each other what they should be doing. You know, and they've probably had a lot of um, adventure hooks given to them through rumours or uh, just meeting different people or seeing different things. So there might be someone who's interested in going and finding the Dwarven Mine and he thinks that there's going to be some magical loot um, in that mine. You might have someone else who wants to um, go and visit their long-lost relatives at one of the farmlets um, off to the east. So there might be a variety of uh, possible things they could do as a group, but you can start that conversation before the session actually begins. So hopefully by the time we get to the session, um, we've got like a group consensus about what they want to do. Again, that helps me if there's any um, additional preparation that I should do. Um, to make that extra fun and exciting for them. Occasionally that means if I definitely know they're going somewhere, I might get out a bunch of 3D terrain and um, have a setup ready for them for once they get to that location. Now, once we get to the actual game on Friday night, everyone's going to sit down. I'm going to ask them to nominate one person on there from their party to be what's known as the caller. Now the caller is the main conduit of information between the party and me. If you ever sat down as a DM and had five or six people yelling at you what they want to do, um, you, you don't really know what they want to do, but if they have to figure it out amongst themselves and then at least nominally have one person who's supposed to get that consensus and pass it on to me, then at least we can make a decision about which direction we're going to move next. Uh, so having a caller, um, is really important it really helps but having that group decision about what they want to do with the session really really helps as well
Okay, so we get to the table. Everyone's got their characters. They're in town. They've decided uh, that they heard a rumor about some goblins making mischief in the hills to the west. So, what happens next? Well, in my game, we have uh, weather is a big factor. Bad weather. There's an unending winter. So I will roll on my weather table to see what the weather is that day. And there's a bunch of mechanical effects that occur if the weather's bad. Uh, and in fact, um, spending lots of time outside uh, during blizzard conditions can be very detrimental to the health of the party. Anywho, so we see what the weather is, and I ask the, the caller, where would you guys like to move? And he says, we're going to move one hex to the east. I think we're going to go east. And he tells me that he moves the little marker on the map and tells me the new hex they've moved into. Now, they can move, basically they can move 24 miles in one day. There's a lot of rules in D&D &D, uh, and in 5th edition. You can really get very detailed about how far a party can move depending on what, what armour they're wearing, how much stuff they're carrying, whether they've got horses. But if you just get rid of all the nitty gritty and get rid of all the detail, it's about 24 miles. So let's make it nice and easy and stick 24 miles. My hexes on our map are six miles across. So he says, we're going to move into this hex over here. And I look at my piece of paper, I write down what hex they're moving into, and I write minus six movement points. So they've used six of their miles that they can move. <coughs> this is also keeping track of time for me. So basically now it's morning tea time. Um, they've been traveling for a few hours. I then um, ask the party to make a navigation roll. Maybe they've got a ranger on their team who's got some a really good wisdom, wisdom survival um, skill. So they roll against the DC that I have and hopefully they succeed. If they fail, it means their party's lost. Now they still get into the hex that they were trying to move into. There are different ways of dealing with this, but I have a lost table uh, for that, that region. And so I might say to that ranger, now can you roll a d20? And in general, something bad is going to happen to the party. Um, often something that's going to tax their resources, um, or make things difficult for them in some way um, because they got a little bit lost on the way to where they were going. Maybe they just spend a bit of time going around in circles and they lose um, a little bit more of their day. So I might write down minus three movement points. You've just wasted a bit of time. Uh, it's nearly lunchtime by the time you get to the location you're heading to. Next thing I'll do is I'm going to roll on an encounter a random en encounter table and I roll on that uh, with a d12 and in, in this table I think from memory a roll from like 1 through to 7 is nothing happens you don't encounter anything of interest 7 and 8 uh, might be you encounter a hazard um, 9 and 10 might be you encounter a hazard um, and a wandering monster 9 might be you uh, encounter a monster and 12 might be you find an adventure location or you stumble upon an adventure location. Now if I roll the dice and it comes up with the result that they uh, encounter a hazard, I've got a hazard table um, for the region they're in and I'll roll a dice on that to see what the hazard is. Maybe the hazard is um, they, they, that they're walking along um, a path 
uh, or through a glade in the forest and unbeknownst to them there's a just a multitude of rabbit warrens and uh, underfoot and everybody in the party has got to make um, a dexterity saving roll anyone who fails it twists their ankle and gets minus two dex for the next two days while it heals so some some hazard occurs to them if I roll that there's a monster that they encounter I roll on the wandering monster table for that region and so every region has a different um, set of monsters that you might randomly encounter so I roll on the table and of course a classic result is you meet monsters uh, goblins but there is also the possibility on that table uh, to meet a wandering trader or a tinker there's the extreme possibility that uh, some very large monster like a, a dragon might appear um, and so I roll on this table and the result is 2d6 goblins so then I roll 2d6 to see how many goblins they encounter I have two more tables for the goblins very simple tables one roll of the table says what the goblins are doing are the goblins fighting are they resting are they hunting what are the goblins doing and then another roll to see the goblins reaction are the goblins looking angrily at the party like they might attack them any moment do the goblins ignore them i also have one more roll i roll to randomly describe the lo location to them so i roll a 2d6 and my table might say on a double ones um, there's a river flowing nearby but also if you've rolled a six um, there's several boulders that can be used for cover and if a two's rolled um, there's some cattle beast wandering nearby so by just rolling 2d6 um, I, can, I can populate the area with some, uh, with some terrain uh, sometimes it uh, just means sometimes for them for the players that there might be some cover or not and I might roll as well to see uh, how far away so uh, that they are from the goblin so if you're walking through a forest um, when you notice goblins they might be a lot closer than if you're on an open plain and you can see much further so this is all sounding very complicated um, but when you actually do it it's not that bad this means the party walks in, or walking through an area 120 feet away they see seven goblins the goblins look a little bit askance at the party but not necessarily uh, with hate in their eyes and you see that uh, one of them is currently gutting and skinning a deer while another one lights a fire i asked the party what do you do now this is awesome because in dnd normally if you meet seven goblins you kill them uh, the goblins are evil and nasty and they look like they're about to jump on you and eat you you kill them but in this style of play the goblins might be just as happy to let you pass by and you might think to yourself well I don't want to fight seven goblins they might hurt me and I've got a something really important I really want to do let's keep moving or somebody in the party might say my character's really hungry he goes over to the goblins and offers them one silver piece if they'll let him sit down and share their meal with them so this is one of the most important aspects of what you can produce with a hex crawl and with random tables um, dictating what happens in encounters you can find out that not all the monsters and I'm doing air quotes here are bad and there's you don't always just have to 
destroy and kill all the monsters and steal all their stuff. You can make friends with them, you can avoid them, uh, you can negotiate them. There's no real limit to what you can do. And the fun thing is that maybe you guys keep moving and you bump into another group of goblins. And again, when I roll on the table, actually this time it says the goblins are friendly. And the goblins come up to the party actively and start trying to befriend them. Well, before you know it, the party's developed a friendship with the local goblin tribe. They're going to go and visit them at their home. Uh, the goblins tell them, you know, the sad story about the fact that the, the human settlers have been encroaching on their land, pushing them out of the, the area, and they've got a smaller and smaller uh, space in which they can hunt and forage. Uh, and the worst thing about it is they've been pushed into the shitty part of the, of the region uh, where there's an unde undead problem. And can you guys go and kill the necromancer and all our undead so they can live peacefully in the wilderness, hunting and gathering herbs and living at one with the nature? Now, this is the kind of what we'd just call emergent play, emergent storylines that can occur because of the random nature of what's going on with the tables and what the options and the openness of the experience that you're giving to the players. Anything can happen. And all we've done now is moved one or two hexes. We haven't even got to um, to the Dwarven Mine. I can't remember what the players were going to do. That's how it works in, in um, a hex crawl. They said they want to go to the Dwarven Mine and find the magical hammer that's buried deep within it. But on the way, they meet these goblins, make friends with them, have a party, and next minute they've completely forgotten that they were going to the Dwarven Mine. And they decide that next week, when they come back to play on Friday night, they're going to go and find this necromancer and give him what's for. That's what happens in a hex crawl. Anywho, so, maybe none of that happened. And they move another few hexes. Each time they move a hex, it's costing them six movement points. Before you know it, they've used up 24 movement points or 24 miles. And it's effectively evening time, ready for them to set camp people can make wisdom survival roles to uh, go and hunt and find uh, fresh water or um, game or herbs and, um, and vegetables uh, from, from the local area so that they can have a meal together and then set watches for the night where I'm going to roll again to see whether uh, on the table again to see whether there's going to be an encounter during the night um, in which case again they might meet friendly monsters or nasty monsters or the local tinker might uh, come along the, the rutted track just as they're having dinner, hail them um, heartily, sit with them, eat them, eat with them, and then open up his wagon full of goods and sell them stuff. This is the kind of stuff that happens in an open table. Now, they may roll on the random table that they find an adventure locale. This gets pretty interesting. At that point, I look to the little pile of papers that I've got sitting next to me and there's maybe half a dozen one-page dungeons and small other adventures or side quests that I have in a stack and say there's 10 of them I'll roll a 1d10 rifle through the stack say I got a four I'll go to the fourth piece of paper in that pile pull it out look it's a one-page dungeon I look at it very quickly and I say as you're wandering through the forest you see a dark opening into a cave in the side of a hill. What would you like to do? 
Now, if the party's been getting beat up and they're running low on resources and they've been trudging through the blizzard, um, they might think, actually, that's a good place to get out of the blizzard. Or they might think to themselves, normally bad things live in caves that try and kill us. Let's avoid that um, cave like the plague and move on. Either way, no skin off my nose. I put the piece of paper back in to my pile and we keep on playing. But maybe they do go down in there and now we play traditional Dungeons and Dragons where they're moving through an underground complex, killing all the monsters, finding all the loot. And at some point, maybe uh, half an hour before our end time, so we normally finish at 11 o'clock and I say to everyone, it's 10.30 guys, um, time to start thinking about getting back to town before the end of the session. Now they may be halfway through the dungeon and they're like, okay, let's pull out and move, move back to the base uh, before the end of the session. Or they might say, let's keep going. We might be able to get to the end. Say they keep going. Or say the dungeon is so big that even if I gave them half an hour's notice, they couldn't work their way back out through the dungeon and overland back to their base. I've got a table for that too. I'd say, well, this is, you guys are kicking ass in this dungeon and uh, there's very little chance that anything in this dungeon will be able to take you out. So there's a 98% chance that everyone in the party is gonna get out alive and get back to town alive and unscathed. Now everyone, roll a D100. If you get a one or two, you're in trouble, but if you get anything else, you get back to town nice and safe. You've escaped the dungeon and uh, made the overland journey back to your starting location say one unlucky person rolls a one or a two they get to roll on another table to see what happens to them and they're not necessarily going to die but they might pick up some kind of lingering injury or some other affliction um, as they don't quite to manage to get back to town unscathed now i don't know whether i've covered everything in in this but that is roughly what happens in a hex crawl session uh, each of those tables uh, that I've mentioned has interesting little things that can happen in them and variations, but that's a basic idea of it. And I might just leave it at there um, before the next episode where I'll start to uh, dig into some of these tables because I think I'm actually going to have to sit down with my tables in front of me so I can talk about them without forgetting things and making mistakes. Hey guys, I hope you learn more about hex crawls about D&D. I hope you get together with your friends, have a really good time and a great laugh, and uh, eat too much and drink too much. See you later.